Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Hampshire Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today we're here with Lisa McNally. How's it going? Hi, good. How are you, Chris? Good. And since you do business under your own name, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you do. Okay. Uh, well, I am a divorce professional. And with that said, I'd like to say that I'm a non-attorney divorce professional. So I'm uh, not licensed as an attorney, but I do a lot of um, legal-related work with my clients. So some of that includes uh, divorce mediation. So as a certified New Hampshire divorce mediator, I work with couples who are divorcing and I help them to resolve everything outside of the process. So we're not going into court. We're not doing anything like that. We're meeting privately. We're going over all of the divorce-related issues that the court would require them to resolve in order to go their separate ways. And uh, I'm helping them do all of that, including quite literally from A to Z. So we are having all those discussions. We're reaching all the agreements. I'm drafting their mediated agreement. They're doing all of their paperwork outside of the process. And the final result is for them to um, file everything with the court and pursue their divorce. So that's in mediation, I'm working with couples. In divorce coaching, I'm working with one person. So uh, one person that's either before, during, or after the divorce process, and I'm helping them at whatever place they're at. So they could be at any stage in that um, part of their life, and I'm helping them with each piece of that as a divorce coach, and um, I'm also as well a health coach and, and wellness and so on. Okay, that's pretty interesting. So um, you had said you're not a lawyer? I am not a lawyer. So okay. I'm a, a non-attorney, certified marital mediator, and certified divorce coach. Okay, cool. So I guess it's interesting because I know a little bit about mediators and stuff like that. And I know when most people go through divorces, they would think about just jumping straight into the court system. Mm -hmm. So why would they go to someone like you instead of like the courts? There are a lot of reasons. Let's yeah. first start with the financial reason. Um, financially, I save my clients a lot of money. Yeah. So um, rather than going into the court process and kind of getting sucked into that process where they may or may not need attorneys, but either way, they're, they're usually going down that road where they're going to be spending a lot more money than if they sit down and try to resolve things with me. Yeah. So money financially would be the first reason for a lot of people. And, um, and then, of course, it's, it's, it's more amicable. It's a place where they can actually think about what's best for them and their family, their children. They can think about how to co-parent their children beyond the divorce. We really run the numbers. I mean, we quite literally sit with each other and run all of their numbers with regard to what kind of financial plan for them is going to work best for their family. Uh, we cover all of the details. So it's really a place where they can make their own decisions as opposed to having an attorney uh, tell them what to do or, or um, a, a judge making the decisions for them and telling them what they need to do with their assets and their uh, children and their futures, basically. Okay. So, Charlie, uh, so well, kind of what point in the process would someone reach out to you and decide that, yeah, we want to go this route instead? Well, ultimately, it's wonderful when they reach out to me before they start any process at all. Yeah. So the moment anyone is thinking about divorce is going to be in their future, it's a great time for them to meet with me, for them to um, come in and have a free initial consultation with me. So we usually meet for about an hour, all three of us together. 
And I, I really educate them during that meeting to let them uh, under have a solid understanding about what mediation is and how it works, what would be expected of the two of them, what my role is, and that way they can make a decision as to whether or not they want to try. So mediation is a voluntary process. Mm -hmm. So unlike litigation, once you get into litigation, uh, it kind of takes on a life of its own and you kind of get pulled into that and oftentimes it gets very adversarial. In mediation, it's voluntary. So you're coming in, it's a voluntary basis. The goal is to reach agreements that work for everyone as much as possible. And um, if it's not working for you, you don't have to continue. So you're not stuck in the process. People that mediate are there because they want to be there. Um, and let me clarify that they want to be there because that's a better, better option for them than being in the legal process. Yeah. So even though they may not want the divorce, they understand that uh, mediating is going to be a better place for them to be able to retain some control over their future. Yeah. All right. So extra brings up another question. If I can remember what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Feel free okay. to write them down. <laughs> so I know when you go through the legal system, essentially when they say this is it, that's kind of all it is. So when you go through the mediation process, what sort of um, like, I don't want to call it definity is there on the end where you come to the agreement and that's what people go by. You get what I'm saying? Right. I do. I totally understand right. what you're saying. So basically when we go through the mediation process together, as we're going through the process and we're having our discussions, we usually meet once a week and those meetings are usually about an hour to an hour and a half long, depending on the couple that I'm working with. I work with couples that are all over New Hampshire. So sometimes um, if I'm working with them in person, they come in and they spend a little bit longer time because they want to maximize their travel time and so on. Uh, I do offer mediation services online. So we would do something like this where we yeah. speak to each other via Zoom. Um, but we meet with each other. And as we're meeting with each other, I'm taking notes. Um, I'm keeping track of what their agreements are. I'm clarifying some of the details that I need in order to draft their mediated agreement. Ultimately, once we've reviewed it and they've made sure that their agreement is exactly what they want. And by the way, they don't give up any legal rights. So if they decide at any point in time they want to consult with an attorney outside of the mediation process, or they want to consult with a tax advisor or any other professional, they're free to do that, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, we get to the point where we've reviewed their agreement, they feel comfortable with what they've agreed to, that gets filed with the court. So I've drafted their mediated agreement in accordance with the court's format. So it's ready to be filed. Um, it gets filed with the court. It gets presented to the judge. The judge approves the uh, mediated agreement, and then it actually becomes a court order. So okay. it's exactly the end result that you would have if a judge entered a court order. You now have a court order that you actually formulated. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, there's, so it is, it's legally enforceable and okay. uh, to the same extent that the uh, judge's order is. Because right. I could see that being an issue, I guess, um, for people would be, you know, you go through the process and then you kind of almost be worried that at the end of it, your spouse is just going to start the whole thing over again in the courts anyway. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I could see yes. that um, it doesn't happen. I mean, I, okay. I don't see that happen. And I, and I, I attribute that to a few different things. Mm -hmm. When a couple has decided to come to mediation, they become more and more vested the further we get. Okay. So they, they get it. They understand, wow, you know, 
I'm in control of this, even though I might not like everything that I have to agree to or, you know, that we end up agreeing to. Um, it's better than having somebody tell me what to do and kind of gamble with having a judge listen to both sides and tell us what to do. So people become more and more vested as they go through the process of yeah. mediation. Um, there is, I mean, the success rate is fabulous. It's amazing. I've, I've mediated hundreds of divorces over the last 20 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, the success rate is just top notch. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, return rate on these things. It's, uh, I have clients that call me later and say, you know, we have something that came up, we'd like to mediate it. So I do post divorce mediation with them. I get, you know, birthday cards, I get thank you notes, I get Christmas cards, you know, thank you. It's wonderful. We had a great Christmas, even though we're not together, we made it work. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot of vested interest that goes into that. And so by the end of the process, which that's the other benefit of mediation is in mediation, you can be finished literally from beginning until the end of the process within eight to 12 weeks. Okay. So eight to 12 sessions, um, you can have everything filed with the court. And of course it's dependent upon the couple and yeah. the complexity of their issues, you know, um, you could finish much earlier than that if you don't have children and real estate and all of that. Um, but generally it's anywhere from eight to 12 sessions and, um, you know, and then you're moving to, you're moving on with your life. You know, you can move on with your life and you, and you have something that you created for your family. Um, whereas if you're going into the court process, it could take you 30, 60, 90 days just to get in for a temporary hearing if you need one. Yeah. So the process is much more expeditious than the legal process. And by the way, I should mention that as part of my divorce mediation um, or my divorce training or profession, um, I am a certified divorce financial analyst. So I'm trained in all divorce-related um, financial matters. And I'm also a licensed real estate broker in New Hampshire and Maine. So when it comes to real estate and investing and and all of those things. And quite frankly, I really kind of had to go out and do all this stuff. I started my career as a divorce and family paralegal. Um, and as I started getting further and further into it, I realized, wow, you know, divorce touches on real estate and divorce touches on finances and divorce yeah. touches on taxes and divorce touches on children. And, you know, so I really have over the last 20 years kind of pulled together um, my credentials and training in all of those areas that are touched by a divorce. Yeah. And that's not the real estate part. Cause that's interesting too, but the finances is a big one. Cause I don't think people think about this before they get married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how does, how does all that kind of look when you're getting ready to get divorced and then all of a sudden you realize you've been married for 20 years and all your stuff kind of exists together. <laughs> right. It just it kind of depends on what the what the finances are. So you've yeah. got your assets and you have your debts. And um, the nice part about mediation is that we look at those and we come up with what's fair to both parties. So in the court system, they approach it as, you know, um, kind of looking at the bigger picture. They make the best decisions that they can based on what they have for knowledge, but it doesn't take into the consideration. Um, many of the things that we can actually consider and talk about in mediation, right? It just makes sense. You know, if you and I are getting a divorce, we're going to sit down and talk about things more intimately and have more knowledge about them 
than a judge would have just looking at our proposal. Yeah. Right? So we know the history to what's going on. We know, you know, that it was uh, Aunt May that gave us that painting on the wall. So I really should, I should, you know, fairly walk away with that when we divorce. Yeah. Because it was my aunt. You see what I mean? Yeah. But there are other, you know, those are the finite details that don't necessarily make it into the court system in front of a judge. They just don't have the time to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, so when we sit down and talk about the finances, we're talking about things looking at not just the 4,000 foot view, but we kind of drill down and we start looking at it closer and closer. How is that going to work for everyone? Are we going to make sure that everyone's okay post-divorce financially? Yeah. We, we take a look at their budgets if we need to. Um, if we're looking at a situation where someone has stayed home with children and someone has been the primary wage earner, we're taking a very close look at what their budgets are. We're looking at what their post-divorce budgets will be. Um, and I do this to the extent that's necessary for each couple that I'm working with. So it could be different for couples that have had a short-term marriage and they don't have a lot of things, you know, financially together. Um, yeah. Whereas if it's a 20 year marriage and um, we're looking at a lot of real estate or um, investments or retirement funds and things like that, of course, that's where my certified divorce financial analyst training and um, expertise comes into play because those are the things that really make a difference in your post-divorce future yeah okay pretty cool um so this is kind of a fun question we'll see if <laughs> if you want to answer this one um because i like to ask it in a lot of my things what are people typically doing wrong before they get married <laughs> from e either, yeah. either financial or planning or from yeah. what you see what are they kind of getting wrong in this right um well i i mean obviously it kind of really goes straight to the financial part of it yeah it goes straight to that financial piece people um in my experience are not having discussions and reaching agreements about how they'll they'll be managing their finances yeah what's important to them um what you know what kind of spending habits they're going to have what they're going to save for what their priorities are um, in fact, it's funny because I've had a couple um, clients that have come to me that I never worked with before, but they came to me for premarital mediation. Yeah. And what we did was we worked on, um, you know, these types of things. I mean, we even talked to some with some of the couples that I've worked with. I've talked to them about children and when they're going to have children and what they're going to do with their careers at that time and who's going to do what. And um, those are the types of things I'm talking about. We don't. We don't talk about those things, right? Yeah. And um, those are really important to talk about. And, you know, there are a lot of times in a marriage where you give up certain things because it's for the greater good of the family. So someone mm -hmm. might give up their career or their education to stay home with children because when you're a family unit, it's for the greater good of the family, right? I mean, one person can be out working, the other person's home raising their children who can be with a parent. Um, but when you go to divorce, that sometimes makes for a very unequal playing field, if you will, right? Yeah. Someone has a career that's established, someone has an income that's established, and the other person is now left with trying to figure out, how do I get back into life? Yeah. Right? Maybe my kids are grown, maybe they're not. But now our whole world and our entire marriage plan is shaken up, and I have to figure out what to do now. So there's a lot of planning that we talk about as far as how to get that person usually from point A to point B 
uh, in the midst of a divorce. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like it. (laughs) So people want to reach out, learn a little more about you. Maybe they need your services. How do they do it? Um, You can reach out to me via phone, which is uh, 603-617-0806. They can reach out to me via email. And my email address is lisamcnally2015 at gmail.com. Um, or you can visit my website, which is www.lisamcnally.com. Cool. So three three ways there. And like I said, I, I do offer a free initial consultation. So I'm more than happy to, you know, have a quick phone call with you um, and then schedule a time for us to all meet together. And, uh, you know, it's free. There's no obligation. You learn something. Um, the courts in New Hampshire in particular, they require you to at least try mediation. Okay. Or you can move forward with the divorce process, um, except for some really specific circumstances. For the most part, you all, everyone has to try. Um, and certainly if you come in and meet with me and for some reason you decide not to mediate, which that, you know, I don't know that that ever happens with me to tell you the truth. Because once people come in, they realize how, how much more beneficial it is. Yeah. Um, but you've satisfied the court's requirement at that point. You've been to mediation. You understand it. You know it's an option. And, um, you know, then you can move forward with whatever process you feel you need to. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cool. So thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, That is it for today. So everyone be good and reach out if you need help.